Father, may your presence be in us. May your presence always go with us. May it never leave us or forsake us. You promise it never will. That you will always be. You're the one we can trust in. You're the one we can rest in. You're the one we can give our lives to with the absolute assurance that you will not hurt us, damage us, break us. You only have the best for us. And I thank you that in you we are sealed by the blood of your son. I thank you that there is power in the blood to set us completely free from our stuff that would limit us and hinder us encompass us and hold us but you say keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus the author and the perfecter of faith and do not be entangled in yourself don't look to yourself for the answers don't look to yourself for the solutions you will not find them there he is the answer. He is the solution. And believe in the simplicity of what he says. Just be a child that believes his words that he speaks into and over you as his child. for your sensitivity. He's good, eh? Let's grab a seat. As I said, Luke and Kate got married yesterday. We had such a cool time. Didn't we, eh? Who, who was here? It was, it was such a fun time. It was a real celebration and so if you know Luke and Kate, just say hi when you see them, congratulate them. You know what was lovely is all the speeches were honouring. That's what really struck me. You know, some of the weddings I go to or I take, the speeches get crass and crude and, you know, and someone says something stupid. And it's like every speech honoured the person. It was lovely to see Kate's father honour her. And, and Luke's speech was one of the best speeches I've heard. I thought, wow, such a quality young guy. And now they're a quality young couple. And it was just fun. And we partied, had a good time. And um, I think it was Russell was sharing with me that one of their friends from Auckland was saying, man, this is the best Christian wedding I've ever been to. (laughs) I said, because we know how to party and have fun. God's a God of fun. Yes, he's serious. And yes, he's holy. And yes, he's those things. But he also loves the celebrations and feasts. And you see that throughout the scriptures. God was constantly having feasts everywhere. And so, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, we just need to let loose a bit, eh? Let loose. That song, who felt good about singing that song? Every praise. Something happens on the inside of you, doesn't it? It's like, what's going on? Feet, what are you doing? I don't do this. What are you doing? Hands, what am I doing? Don't do this. I'm trying to keep it all. Let it go. Let it go. Let that, let that inner soul groover come out. Okay? 
It's like Jesus, let him out, man. He wants out. So um, we're going to continue on from where I spoke two weeks ago or three weeks ago about this letter. And uh, I'm not sure if any of you have done anything with the blank letter that you were handed about two weeks ago. But if you weren't here, you can grab one of these from the info counter there. In it is just a blank bit of paper that has this at the top, to my follower. And what I asked us was to go away and actually think about what Jesus, if Jesus was writing you a letter, what would he say? Where would he, what would he talk to you about? What would be the areas of your life that he would say, man, you've, you're doing so well in here. You know, you're spending time with me. You're meditating in my word. You're starting to get revelation. But what would also be the things he would say, hey, this area of your life I want to work with. You know, that the time you spend discipling your wife, it needs to be lifted up. The time you spend discipling your children, that needs to be elevated. You're not doing enough of that. Because we looked at in the book of Revelation that Jesus writes letter to seven churches. It's a book that he actually sends so everyone gets to see everyone else's letter. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> What's going on over that side of the fence? Whoa, look at the Ephesians. They're doing right, but they left their first love. That's not good, guys. Get back! But you guys, you've got a name that you're all active, but actually you're dead inside. And then he speaks to the other two. He says, you guys are going really well. There's nothing that I have to actually sort of align you on. And that's what God does, doesn't he? He aligns us. He straightens us for the purpose of walking out what he calls us to. It's not to hurt me. It's not to damage me. The discipline of God is to align me that I can come into the fullness of the life he has for me. That's why it says God disciplines those he loves. It's a sign of God's love. And we do that as natural parents. We will discipline our children out of love. And so I talked about this letter, and I encourage us to go and write what God would say. That may be tricky for some of us. I'm having a conversation the other night. The person said, I just couldn't do it, and that's fine. So there's no pressure, and that's fine. But just start with what he actually says about you. And I said he would tell you that you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God already. Why? Because you received him as Savior, as Lord. So as soon as you say that and believe that with all your heart, you are in right standing with God. That's a great place to start, isn't it? And you can't go backwards. That's even better. So your behavior doesn't take you backwards. His blood covers you. Otherwise, it's like yin and yang. It's like in, out, in, out. It's It's this whole messed up thing. It's like there's only one way. It's forward. God only knows forward. And the more we actually get to see who he says we are, we just go forward. It's not retreat. We don't shrink back. Man, we're pressing on to the upward call that is found in Christ. And I wanted to share this with you, and I've asked permission of Madeline to share you this, because how many people got report cards at school? I was trying to find mine, but I'm too young. (laughs) You know, you got report cards at school, to give you an indication of how well you were doing and the areas that might need some growth, didn't we? And so Madeline writes this. This is on writing. It says, Maddie is elaborating on her main ideas and these ideas are beginning to show complexity. She organizes her her ideas into paragraphs. Maddie can successfully use descriptive language features to enhance her writing, such as precise adjectives and smiles. I don't know about you guys, but when you go to the te- parent teaching interview, similes. 
and I got my glasses on. But this is what I was going to say. They use these words, and you go, what does that mean? And they go, here's these big words. You go, uh, Maddie, do you know what this means? <laughs> I, I thought it did, you know. Next steps. To carefully plan out each piece of writing so she has a clear idea of the introduction, middle, and end. To think carefully about how she wants each sentence to be structured before she writes and when editing. Mathematics. Maddie's confidence with her problem solving has increased. She willingly participates in problem solving discussions and shares her ideas. She shows a good foundation of her multiplication and division facts. Maddie can choose appropriate standard units of measurement to measure objects. Next steps to develop her fractional knowledge, including ordering and converting fractions, to practice her subtraction strategies. Yeah, that too. I'm trying to get to the word. (laughs) Your subscription to Time Magazine. I think I need to go back to school. I only went there to play football and eat lunch. By the grace of God, I stand in front of you here that I can even read the word and say what I'm about to say. Doesn't he come to the people of the nobodies and raises up the nobodies? He finds the people that are out of the clubs and the pubs that are trying to find life and all the other things, and he goes, puts them, marks them, bang. He's everywhere. Thank you, Lord, you're everywhere. Thank you that you found me in that environment, but rescued me from it to go back into it. All right, 2 Corinthians 3 and 4, the entire thing. You ready? Your phones out, get your Bibles out. Uh, we're going to read literally two chapters. And I'm going to read it reasonably quick and come back to it. Okay, because there is so much in here that we'll be here for the whole week. Did everyone bring a picnic and some food and change your clothes? Okay, here we go. Ministers of a new covenant, 2 Corinthians 3, 1. Even that alone is phenomenal. Ministers of a new covenant. Who is he speaking to? The Corinthians, but all of us. Okay, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some, letters of commendation to you or from you? So this is Paul. You are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. That's really important. We're going to look at that. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God, not ourselves. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death and letters engraved on stones came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be fail to even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. 
This is for us. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. Therefore, having such hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But their minds were hardened, for until this very day at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. Thank you, Father. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lays over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Okay, that's chapter 3. Chapter 4, Paul's apostolic ministry. This is what the man was fighting for in the Spirit. He was desperate to see the glory birthed in the church, to see Christ formed in the church, Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is what he laid his life down for. He said, I lay my life down to see the body of Christ become complete. Some people think his main purpose was preaching, reaching lost people. It wasn't. It was to see the body of Christ become complete. He said, this is why I strive according to the power of God within me, to see the bride established on the earth. He says this, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. For God who said, light shall not shine out of darkness, sorry, so light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure, this glory, in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Verse 13. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16, therefore, 
We do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I just want, Kathy, if you can just put up those four points that if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write these down. These are the four main things. There's so much in here, but these are the four main things that um, probably cover two today and two next week. But I want you to get them all in case you're not here next week or you miss it because these are the almost like key attributes or key pillars of three and four. But I would also encourage you to go and meditate and marinate yourself in three and four. There is so much in here. He's speaking to you and I. So he's saying that we are to be ministers of a new covenant. We are to be letters of Christ that reflect God's new glory. So we are to be letters of Christ that reflect this new glory. Okay, The glory that was on Moses that came by the Ten Commandments was fading. That was the old glory. So it said that if, if this law which actually caused death, had glory on it, how much more the new glory that Christ brought. And it says you and I are to be letters of Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So the more Christ is formed in us, what do you have? More glory. So we talked about being a letter. And you'd write a letter. And he writes a letter and he says, I want you to be my glory. Did he not say that in John 17? I give you my glory to the disciples. I'm going to give you my glory. See, guys, there is a reality to be realized here. These are not just words on the page that you read and then just leave on the page. These words are to come off the page and into my mind and my heart. This is food. This has come taste and see that the Lord is good. This is my future. This is my purpose. This is my meaning. This is my destiny. Everything that I want to know about God and myself and his body and his ways are contained in his manual. If I'm not eating and drinking the manual, I will not finish the race that has been set out for me. How can I? Because I won't even know anything about it. I will be covered by his truth, and that's awesome, and he will love me, and I will be justified, but I will not end up receiving what I've been called and chosen for to receive. The Bible says to live a life worthy of the calling. Why? Because there is something at the end of that calling that the Father wants to bless his church with. And we've been looking at that for 10 years. I wrote a book about it. If you want to grab one, it's over there. They're all free. It's online. Sink into it. Eat it, drink it, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what's in it. You won't get it from just reading words. But the words describe the reality of the vision God showed me and gave me. He says, you're my letter. So if we're a letter of Christ, when people read us, what do they read? You're a signpost pointing people somewhere. 
Is it to Christ? So when they see me, do people see Christ? Do they see the glory? Do they see Christ in me? Or do they still see Greg? And look, we're all on a journey. We're all on a process. We're being perfected into the image of Christ, aren't we? So it's a journey, and there is a covering, and there's an empowerment. But like that report... There were some things that needed to be worked on. There were some good things that Maddie had to work on. So next year, we look at the report, and we're going, how is she getting on? We look at the next year, and we're hoping to see a progression of growth and maturity, which is what he says for us. Why? Ultimately, so we can glorify him. So my life has been given to glorify the Father. Well, how can I do that if I'm not becoming the very person he calls me to become because I actually don't know of the person I'm supposed to become because I'm not in the very thing he's given me to find all that out. You see, this is not a manual to figure out how to do Christianity. It's a manual to figure out who God is and who you are in God. And then out of that, the Father will speak to you about some things. But we look at this thing because we're so functional and go, how do I do this? He goes, no, it's not the first question. It's who am I and who are you in me? It's about becoming and being before it's about anything else. You see, we've done this. We've said the kingdom is all about getting dominion. It's all about you understand the kingdom so you get dominion on the earth, meaning rulership over. Is that true? Yes, there's truth in that. Is that the primary or the secondary? It's the secondary. We've taught it's the primary. It's not. It's the secondary. Okay, It's all external of us. The kingdom of God is external of us and dominion in the earth, the external uh, expression of God's kingdom on the earth. It's right. It's good, but it's not the primary. What's the primary? Love the Lord to God. Okay, That's the commandment that are connected to this thing. So yes, it is. Love the Lord your God. But really, the Bible tells you the kingdom of God is what? Yes, it says it's within, but it actually tells you what it is. It says it is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So we are the righteousness of God, are we not? Where is that righteousness to be? In me. Do you know how right you are because the kingdom of God is in you? Or are you still struggling with your righteousness? Are you still thinking you're not good enough? It hasn't been done. So he tells you, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Now live from being right. No, I'm wrong. No, you're not. No, you didn't understand. I do understand. You're right, you're right, you're right. Because my son came, my son put his blood in you. You are right. That's one. You see, we're so functional, we're trying to take over the world, but Jesus never said take over the world. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. You're to demonstrate the other kingdom on the earth. We're not here to change the world. We will make a difference, but the world will never be changed by the church. It was not the purpose, but we've taught it is. Why? Because we lack vision. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying the church will not make a difference. We will, but we're not here to change the world and make it a better place like Michael Jackson said. Heal the world, make it a better place. Read the book. It's perishing. It's not going to get better. Who's the one getting better? The church are to demonstrate the kingdom 
on the earth, but first it must be in the church. So he said, if you want true dominion, it's letting God take authority in your life of righteousness first in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can reveal this. Then he says, joy. Now that is not happiness and it cannot be taken from you. You cannot lose joy. I'm sorry, you can't. You can lose happiness because happiness is a feeling. Joy is the substance of the Spirit of God. It's a fruit of Christ. If he puts his joy in you, you can't lose it because it's like losing him. Where did Jesus go? Anybody seen him? I lost him. Somewhere along the line, I lost Jesus. What? He's in you. Then he says, peace. Once again, not calmness. You can be a storm and be at rest and peace in a boat. You can have this peace that surpasses what? All understanding because it's the substance of Christ. You don't come into it through trying to understand it. You receive it through the Holy Spirit because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So it's all in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in me being formed in me, Christ in me. What am I going to have? I'm going to know how right I am. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because I'm so right. I am the righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Father, that you decided to pour your son into me and make me so right, not based on behavior. With that, you get joy. And that joy bubbles over. And the Bible says, he's my strength. It's the joy of the Lord is my strength, not my physical strength. The joy of the Lord. Go look at John 15 if you want to look at joy. He says, I'm in you, you're in me, so what? Your joy can be complete, and no one will ever take your joy from you. And then you get this other thing called peace, which is another fruit of knowing Christ. It's like, take your best shot, man. This is done. And it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. What does that mean? People who have received peace, Christ, and actually go about making peace and helping others come into peace. But here's the challenge. The United Nations get killed at times when they go into hostile environments. And my experience is this. This can be a hostile environment just as much as the world. Have you experienced that? At times, there's more judgmentalism here than there. Do you know why? Because the battle lies in here, not really there, primarily. The battle is for truth, the fullness of Jesus Christ. And we've all got perspectives and paradigms of thoughts that we've all gathered over the years. And we bring them into this, and then we squabble with one another. Well, what sort of a letter is that? Well, I read people that are squabbling and fighting. That's what the outside world and the church looks at and goes, what sort of a letter is that? What sort of a witness is that? You know, they're supposed to be known for love, but they spend more time ripping each other apart. And there's so much hurt and confusion, and God's not there out of confusion. It can be really quite messed up being a non-Christian coming into the Christian world when you've got no reference for religion, just Jesus, and going, what is this? And you're reading something and you're looking at something going, these two things don't add up at all. 
But you know you're in that boat with everybody. And it's not that you're outside of anything. You're all in it together trying to work this string out and become a letter of the Spirit. See, it's a letter of the Spirit that the Spirit writes on human hearts, not on stone anymore. And God has given us a brand new heart to know Him. It's not an old heart pumped back to life. (laughs) It's a brand new heart transplant, man. Rip the old one out. That sucks. Put the new one in. Boom. Get living. Amen. And that heart is already wired to know God. Why? Because the Spirit of God comes in and says, right, now let's have a relationship. And I want to write my letter. It's my letter on your heart. I want you to be my letter that the world would look at and the body would look at and they would see me. There's much responsibility to be a follower of Jesus, isn't there? I reckon that's why Jesus says, man, count the cost before you say whether you want to follow me. I'm going to lay it out for you. You know, birds, man, they've got no nests. and Well, they have nests, sorry. And, you know, wolves have holes. But the Son of Man has zero place, not even a pillow, to lay his head. Still want to come? Still want to be a letter? Still want to be known as my letter? And it's a letter of glory. Let me just read verse 1 again. Verse this is 3. Ministers of a new covenant. 3.1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need as some letters of commendation to you or from you? You are our letter written in our hearts. See, there's, we have to realize that we're one body. And we're so interconnected, it's not funny. So if one leaves, it's like ripping arm out of the socket. People, we don't understand this, guys. We don't understand who we really are. We think we can just go and to and fro like it's like a club that you pay a membership for, but we're not. Paul's saying that you, Corinthians, are our letter. And so you're almost like a representation of who we are. We're so connected. This thing is abiding because Christ is in us and we're in a covenant together. It's not just a covenant with Jesus. Me and Warren are in covenant together. Think about that. So the same covenant I'm with Christ, I'm with Warren. So if Warren and I have a disagreement or Warren leaves, it's like an arm in the body walks out the door. It's pretty messy if the arm gets ripped out of the socket and it's painful. But we don't understand this because we look at the church and think it's an organization. We think it's a club. We think it's everything but the church. And we're so interconnected. God gives you a picture of the body. So he says, man, that'd be pretty painful if you got chopped your finger off. Yes, it hurts, doesn't it? It really hurt when I broke my hand years ago. It really hurt when I cut my fingers. You know, when my kneecap dislocated, it really hurt. And that's what it's like when we don't understand, when we get ripped and the body gets ripped apart because we're fighting over stuff that is still in us because we don't realize who we really are and we're to be letters of glory that radiate Christ to one another, firstly, and then into the world. He says, you are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ. The word means to make actual and visible, realized, thoroughly understood. Thoroughly understood. Wisdom is vindicated by her deed, her demonstration. 
So through the demonstration of God through the church, the world understands who God is because they see him through us. What a privilege we get to be a letter that demonstrates heaven. What an honor. Isn't that better than your job? Better than playing for Liverpool sport? No, better than marriage? Better than having kids? Better than, I don't know, whatever you love? Better than the greatest passion? It's better than that. To be handpicked, selected by God before the foundations of the earth, to be his letter on the earth in this particular time frame, that my life would bring glory to him and he would be glorified. Jesus said, even if they don't believe, look at the works and believe the works so my Father may be glorified in heaven. I'm not here to glorify myself. I'm not here to live for myself. Man, I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't even be dying if I was here for that. I'm coming here to glorify my Father. I've given my life over. I gave it before the foundations of the earth earth for you all. Will you do the same? But if you don't know how right you are because the kingdom hasn't really fully manifest within you, you'll never be able to live that out. You're, you're, you're getting tripped up by your own thinking, see? See, he says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your thinking will take you out. You don't need an enemy to take you out. You'll take you out because your thinking will reinforce the lie and then he'll come along and then reinforce it. Did God really say? Certainly he did not. Let me give you another conclusion to who you really are. So we're to be manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us. See the connection again. This is true discipleship, true walking with people, opening up your lives, not just going along to a night, having a cup of tea, singing some songs, looking at some scriptures, and life stays the same. That's not discipleship. That's just a meeting like this. If we're not changing, we just had a great meeting. The purpose of the gathering of the body is for transformation. It's to eat. It's to drink. It's to receive Christ that you might be touched by God. Why? That you'd be changed and transformed and become his letter. That's beautiful, man. It's awesome. <laughs> Me and Warren are excited. <sighs> Careful by us. Listen, it's written not with ink. What's ink? It's the natural. It's the flesh. So you're not written with ink. You can't try and create your own letter. Now you can, but it won't be a letter of life. Ink is the natural. It's flesh. It's when we try to write our own story. It's when we try to write our own life. It's when we try. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to win the world. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, who said? I did. (laughs) Well, is that part of his plan for you? Or is that your part of your plan for you? And is also that your part through looking at his scriptures and not looking with his eyes? So you come up with your own plan through your own lens. Like this, the kingdom of God firstly is about dominion in the earth externally, taking over governments and all that stuff. And you miss the kingdom of God. Where Jesus said, it's within you, it's within you, it's in your midst, it's me, and I'm in you. So if I'm in you, the kingdom is within you, and it's full of this, righteousness, joy, and peace in the one I sent called the Holy Spirit, who's the third part of the Godhead. Who what? Is here to lead the church into all truth. And man, we use scriptures to justify by this, oh, I can only know the dim parts. 
Why? Because that's what the word says. Yes, it does. But have a look at what else it says and balance the two up. Don't just take one scripture because it suits and justifies what we might want and leave all the other ones off the page because it says, no, eye has seen, ear has heard. What has yet entered the heart of man? All that God has given to those who love him. And Paul said it's been revealed to us and we write about it so you can know it. Why? So we can be letters. Praise the mighty God. The second point the first point was we are to be letters of Christ that reflect God's new glory. The second is the Spirit writes this letter of glory. So it's the Holy Spirit's role, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. See, it's not about religion. It's not about keeping rules. It's not about being a good Christian boy or girl, turning up week in, week out, doing all the things that Christians do and not having the Holy Spirit write his letter on your heart. You can do all that and it's just called religion. This is how you get a form of godliness with no power. And this is how you get people that are always learning but never coming into true knowledge. That would be criminal, wouldn't it? To live your whole life with all this knowledge, but never learning. I'm going to look at that next Sunday night. Because it's tied in with the gospel. And the gospel you've received. Because it's very, very likely, if we haven't received the work of the gospel, and only the works of the gospel, that we can have a form of godliness, but we won't have the power to live out a transformed life. And we'll always be learning, but never coming to the true knowledge that sets you free. It's fully possible to do that. So we need to have his eyes on that. So the Spirit writes this letter. Who is the author of our faith? Of faith? Jesus. Jesus, the Spirit, God, the author. So he wants to write. He wants to write. He is the Spirit, so he wants to write. And he is the author. And he is the perfecter. So he's going to write on our hearts and perfect us according to the end, sight, faith. Meaning everything that's in Christ. So can you see what's in Christ? Because all of the wisdom and all of the knowledge are in the Son. So the Son himself, with the Spirit of God, is going to and bring us into who we're actually called to be. Because he's the author and the perfecter of faith. And faith is everything that we have a conviction of in God. That we can't, we've seen in the spiritual and not in the physical. Which is what we just read in 4, 16 to 18. He says... We're not looking at things that are in the natural. We look at what's not seen. That's where we get our life from. So as we see in the unseen, because we have faith, which is not the power to move mountains, it's meaning, do you have a conviction that God can move a mountain? Do you believe he can? Not you can, he can. Do you believe you're the righteousness of God? 
Do you believe? Do you believe? Have you heard and believed and entered into rest? Because the Israelites never entered into rest because they didn't hear what was spoken because they didn't believe it. See, we've got to get back to his version of his own words and not our version. And so he is the author. So I want to ask us a question. We may not have started, but how is that letter going? And I would seriously, seriously invite you to actually do this and not just let it go by. Because I believe it is of him for us. This is how serious he is about getting you and I to where we need to get to. I wonder if we're as serious as he is about that. And I think at the same time, the church has led itself into a false sense of security by saying this, but God loves me. And we think in that statement, which is absolutely true, and he does, that we then fall back into this apathetic state. Instead of actually truly, when you truly receive that love, it propels you forward. The love of God propels you into more of God. It doesn't have you sitting in apathy. So you either have to ask yourself if you actually received the true love of God. You could have received a knowledge about love, which then created a behavior. Okay? But true love will not have you going backwards. It can't. Love changes everything. We sing about it. It does. You cannot, you cannot encounter God and not be changed. That's the whole purpose. <laughs> Come to set you free. Heal the sick, raise the dead, change every heart. So we have to really start asking ourselves, am I in a relationship? Am I truly abiding or am I just covered? Am I going along for the ride, so to speak, as opposed to abiding in and him and me and becoming this letter? 2 Corinthians 3.3 says this, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, written not with ink. We've read that. Um, 4 to 6. So 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 6. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Even that one statement. Such confidence we have through who? Christ toward God. Is that our position, guys? Do we have a confidence in Christ, through Christ, toward God? Praise the mighty God. See, Mo, um, Adam didn't when he, when he sinned, did he? When Adam sinned, he had no confidence because he was hiding under a bush. And it's easy to say yes. Another thing to live yes. Because here's the challenge. There is absolutely zero condemnation in those in Christ. Zero. If you're in Christ and understand what that means. So when the word gets spoken, it has the potential because it's so powerful to actually propel you. If you're trying to hold on to flesh. See, the truth comes to crucify the flesh, doesn't it? And so if you're trying to hold on to your flesh and the truth comes to crucify it, you can do this. Oh, they're condemning me by what they're saying. But there is no condemnation in Christ. So even if someone is trying to condemn you using truth, they can't if you're in Christ because you hear the lie. 
then you would actually pray for that person that's speaking that and love them. Why? Because you're in the truth. Christ in you. He's writing a letter. See, the letters he write, you're able to live as he lived. So there is zero condemnation for those who are in Christ, which means they have an absolute confidence to look at all aspects of Christ without shrinking back. And I can walk with people not having to be right or wrong because it's not about that because I have my confidence in Christ because I know I'm on a journey of discovering the fullness of God. So even through that process, if I'm challenged with a truth I do not yet know, I actually have a passion to go into that rather than actually pull away from that or judge it. Why? Because I'm a letter that's becoming like Christ and I have a confidence and there is no condemnation and I've received love and love propels me forward. Love propelled him to die and never left when they nailed him to a cross. Lust is out of here. Love stays and is murdered. That's a letter you and I are to become. So such confidence we have through Christ toward God, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. (laughs) That's my gift. That's my money. That's my body. Everything is him. And by his grace, you breathe. (laughs) You could have been chosen. We could have been chosen for wrath. But we've been built and made for mercy. Thank you. What a privilege. My confidence, my adequacy does not come from me. If it does today, guys, we need to repent of that because that's going to, one, hold you back from becoming the letter he's destined for you to become. He wants to write a brand new reality on your heart. But that's tough, man, because I've learned to depend on me. I've learned to rest in me. I've had people abuse me. I've had people say all things about me. I've, 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 I've had all this. Because I know it sucks, but... Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because you're going to rob yourself of the life. All that stuff is right, but I've given you power to overcome it. I've given you my son. I've given you my power. If you don't know that, then start asking, seeking, fasting, everything to get it so it can be in you so you can live the life. Because I want to write my letter on your human heart. There was a time when I wrote it on stone and the glory of it radiated and Moses had to put his head, a basket over his head. Why? Because the Israelites wouldn't see it fading. Not because he was scary, as amazing as his face radiated and they were like, whoa! But they didn't want to, he wanted to see it fading. He said, that's the old glory, it fades. But you guys are part of the new covenant. You're under a new covenant, which is really not new. It's just the fulfilled one that I started before the beginning of time. So Jesus fulfilled everything, all the law and the prophets. And it hangs on these two things, love God, love people. That's what the whole deal hangs on. Love God, love people now. Why? Because the kingdom is within you, which is what? Righteousness, joy, and peace. Where? 
in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's role has come to write this letter on our hearts. You cannot do it in your own adequacy. Stop. But we try. (laughs) And we'll try and try and try and try. And we'll try some more. And then we'll try some more and we'll try some more and we'll stop for a moment. Then we'll try and we'll try and try. And you just got to stop. <laughs> and, you know, what is that with us? It's all about us and that nature, which is evil, isn't it? I mean, I shared this the other night, but as I was going through the Cambodian airport, I took a photo of it because I'm going to preach on it, but there's these massive, um, you know, uh, smokes, cigarettes. Massive stand of these smokes, you know. Can't get one, buy three, get two free or whatever, I don't know. And on the thing it says, smoking kills. <laughs> it's, it's like it takes up the whole packet. Smoking kills. Yeah, people are buying them left, right and center. I'm like, what's that about? Smoking kills, but everyone's buying them still. That's our nature. Isn't it? It's this nature that he wants to kill, which he's killed, but it can actually still live. It's called the flesh. From God's perspective, he's killed it. From If you feed the flesh, you will live by the flesh. Those that sow to the flesh will reap by the flesh, and it's not written with spirit on our hearts. So you could run away now and try and write your own letter by the flesh. Please, that's not what this is about. It's about walking with him and letting him change that. I thought, wow, man, we're no different to the people buying the cigarettes. We continue to do the same thing, thinking we're going to be okay, but it's actually killing us. We try, 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 and it's killing us. Frustrated, disillusioned. This Christian stuff, it's a whole lot of rubbish. I turn up every nothing's happening. No, because we're going the wrong way. The operating system is wrong. There's nothing wrong with him. It's the operating system in us. So he's trying to get through your confidence, your adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants. So God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. If you're trying to come into this through the flesh, the letter of the law, it kills. There's no spiritual life in that. Which means we have to surrender. We have to get naked. Not literally transparent, we have to allow ourselves to come to the end of our self, which is that message I spoke a while ago on those who have fallen on the rock will be broken into pieces. And we try to keep the spirit of pride living. We don't even realize it because it's so natural to us. The natural of the flesh is natural. It's right, isn't it? The natural man doesn't understand the things of the spirit. It's what we're born into. But we've also been born again with a new spirit and a new way of operating and an operating system. And the Holy Spirit wants to write this letter. But it's got nothing to do with how we would have written it before. And that's our problem. We go and try to write the letter from our old operating system. He says, I'm sorry, that's only going to produce death. 
You need a brand new operating system. It's called the Spirit. You don't know anything about it. You cannot know it unless I reveal it. That is the only way in, if I reveal it. That's why you can have a form of godliness and have no transformative life because you're trying. God wants to change that. Verse 7, and I'll finish. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading as it was, they couldn't look at his face because of the glory radiating off him, even though it was a fading glory, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? Remember, this is for us. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, if the ministry of condemnation that was going to kill our nature, nature has glory, the Ten Commandments that none of us can meet had glory, how much more does Christ bring with him? In this new glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. The Holy Spirit is, sorry, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Oh, for if the ministry of Connor has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness, this ministry of how right we've all been made. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is building the church and we understand what that means and we're coming into the fullness of this glory that never fades. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains in glory. Now that's an invitation to have that reality in you and I. And that is fully possible in him and completely impossible in us. And the challenges and the question he's asking, and he asks us every week, what are we doing with the food I have prepared and laid in front of you? It's too easy to leave and the food gets thrown away and the next week the food gets presented and it gets thrown away. That's called waste, isn't it? You know, there are people starving throughout the world. And what would it be like if we prepare a banquet of food and then we just throw it away because none of us come here with an appetite to eat it? $5,000 $5,000, whole lot of time, energy. And we turned up and went, oh, that's nice. Throw it down the Googler. Can you hear what I'm saying? Really hear it? See, if you can really hear it, you'll, you will leave here with an action plan in mind. 
not just going to fall on your lap. His, he gives a gift, and you get that free. And then he says, right, walk with me and work out your salvation with me. Why? Because I want to write, and I want you to become. I want you to glorify my Father like I did. And see the person beside you, and the person beside you, and the person beside you. They are your brothers and sisters. Not your bloodline, necessarily. They might be. But they're your brothers and sisters. There's your mother. There's your child. It's not necessarily these physical people that you've actually given birth to. But through becoming a letter, your physical family might look at you and want to become part of a spiritual family. We are not to be like the world. We are not to be ordinary. We are not to be and go after the things of the world. We are not to love anyone more than we love God. We are not to have idols like the world does. We are not to seek other things ahead of the kingdom, the dominion of the kingdom, righteousness, joy, and peace. Is that what you're seeking? And his righteousness. Can you see what he's saying? Life is more than the things that you currently probably were all living to. And it's the discovery of those things that will have us ready at the end of our life for a big, big party called a wedding. We celebrated one yesterday, but it was nothing compared to the wedding. But guys, we have to realize we're not all going to be there if we don't live the life that he calls us to. We won't. The Bible is very clear, but we have to see it as he says it, not create our own version because we're not comfortable with the truth. And so the letter will be an authentic letter written on the Spirit, which creates confidence. And we're all in it together because no one's arrived, have we? Anyone arrived yet? I know I haven't arrived. Still make silly mistakes. But I know righteousness. And I've received peace and joy and rest and love. And I know what it's doing in me. And I know what enables. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that your love is covering and empowering this transformed life that we can be letters of Christ, the real deal, the genuine article, what we say we are, what we are we say. Thank you that you're closing the gap in my own life on those things, Father. I am it, but I'm becoming it. And Lord, today I thank you for your powerful, powerful presence through praise and prayer and your word. And may we be found devoted to your word and prayer and praise fellowship, oneness with you and one another, and the breaking of your bread, which enables it all. So thank you for today, Lord. Amen. Awesome, guys.
Sandra speaking tonight. We're looking at the armor of 